good day to you. Uh, we are reading in the Gospel of John. We just finished uh, chapter 3, and we are ready to read chapter 4. Now, chapter 3, just as a quick recap, Jesus had spoke to Nicodemus about how you must be born again. And at the end, John the Baptist had told his disciples how Jesus' ministry was to grow and his was to decrease. Now remember, we're reading um, to understand the events, understand what is taking place, to understand what is being said. We want to make sure we understand all this in context. This is kind of a, I will say that this is more of a foundational Bible study. We're not trying to get into exhaustive cross-referencing and things like that. Instead, we're trying to get a good foundational basic understanding. <clears throat> so, um, as I said, we had read John chapter 3. Now we're ready to read John chapter 4, and I'm starting in verse 1. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, John the Baptist, Although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, so that's a clarification that, that I did not realize. So Jesus truly did not baptize himself, but he had his disciples baptize. If you think about it as a teacher, and he's instructing and showing people the way to do things, this makes sense. <clears throat> he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Well, he had to pass through Samaria because it was between Judea and Galilee. So there's, that's the route that they had to take. So it's not like he was going out of his way or anything. And I think that's the point John is trying to make. That he had to go through Samaria to get to Galilee because that's the way. That's the route. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. And I'm, I'm going to call it Sychar. But if you know... Pardon me, <clears throat> if you know a better pronunciation, then that's fine. Near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. There was a basic um, <clears throat> excuse me, rift between the Samaritans and the Jews. Um, pretty foundational. The Samaritans had let, or at least the Jews' view was, the Samaritans had let too many outside influences in. And yet the Samaritans also held uh, a belief that, um, I believe that their, they had their mountain or some such that where Jacob had established something and they thought that's where they were supposed to pray and, and worship God. And the, the Jews believed that you were supposed to worship God in the temple in Jerusalem. I, I can't get into great details about that. That was the little understanding I had from that because I'm not any of these people. I don't know all the details, but there was some basic rift like that. And so the Jews tended to look down on the Samaritans. 
for all I know, maybe the Samaritans also looked down on the Jews. I really don't know. I, I did not live in those times. so. But I'm just saying there was a basic rift between the two where they did not agree. So Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now Jesus is referring to the Spirit here. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will be will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Again, Jesus is speaking of the Spirit. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Now, it sounds like she hasn't quite caught on yet that Jesus is speaking spiritually. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So Jesus is trying to make a point here that that things are going to change. Things are changing, and that, you know, it's not going to matter if they're worshiping on the mountain or in Jerusalem. It's, that's not where you're going to worship anymore. You're going to worship God in spirit and truth on a daily, regular basis in your heart. Your heart's going to be the temple. You know, we are the temple because the Spirit of God is in us. And um, so that worship is changing to be more of an everyday life. We should be glorifying and worshiping God every day in our lives. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So Jesus just blatantly just tells her, boom, that's it. I, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, 
has anyone brought him something to eat? <laughs> Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, There are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white with harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that I see, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you had, did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. <clears throat> and this is really speaking of what is true even today, that, uh, you know, working for the Lord. and uh... Alright, so what Jesus was referring to when he's talking about... Um, reaping and sowing and how one sows and another reaps is that uh, in the work of the Lord where um, people are going out and evangelizing and preaching to people and teaching them that uh, you often enter into each other's labor and that one person has come along and, and sowed the word and, and taught people and maybe preached the gospel and then others come along later and after these folks have had some time they are ready to be harvested or saved and they are ready to you know uh, confess the Lord and come forth to be baptized so that's what that is referring to is just the fact that uh, we are often you know well we preachers and and folks who are evangelizing they are often entering into each other's work and helping or assisting each other in ways without even really seen or knowing that that's happening sometimes so <clears throat> so we're continuing on with verse 39 many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me all that I ever did so when the Samaritans came to him they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word they said to the woman it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So they recognized and knew that he was the Messiah. <clears throat> Verse 43, After the two days he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, and the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So here in Galilee, when he arrived there, okay, so these folks welcomed him because they had seen him in Jerusalem. They had gone to the feast as well. So they had known of him, and his fame was his fame was spreading because they had actually seen the miracles he, was, he had done and was doing. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. 
So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So, if I'm understanding the, the exchange here, the official either had faith or wanted to have faith and believed that Jesus could heal. And Jesus said, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. But when he said, go, your son will live, it does say the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And then his servants met him on the way and told him that his son was recovering. So, so the man did end up believing really based on what Jesus said and not... Now he... He may have heard of, along with the other Galileans, he may have heard of, um, well, wait, this says, and at Capernaum there was an official. So maybe with the other people he had heard of Jesus and of the signs and miracles. Um, but either way, the man believed and his son was healed. And he discovered from talking to his servants that it did happen at the hour that Jesus had said, your son will live. So that just confirmed the miracle to him. Maybe Jesus was referring to the fact that he needed to have this miracle to believe and that others needed to see this to believe as well or to know this to believe. So anyway, that is the end of chapter 4. And in our next session, we will read chapter 5. And I don't know why I have that message on my screen, but we can ignore that. Um, but thank you for listening. And God bless you. And have a wonderful day.